Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Yo, yo, yo. Hey. Lil J. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's going back. It brings me back to the day. To the day. What day? I don't know, but the day. The day when I was called Lil J. That's right. And I am R-Dub. <laughs> That's right. We, you know, speaking of people we want on the show, one of these days we should actually get Biggie D on the show. It would be a trip. I think it might be fun to get this guy named Dave H., Biggie D, on the show. He would either be hysterical or... Totally opposite. He'll just clam up in front of the microphone. Well, he said to me, yeah, I just got to get a little used to the microphone. So, you know, clearly he would have That would involve some, alcohol. Well, we have no lack of... <laughs> speaking of alcohol, what are we drinking today? I don't know. You got rid of the bottle. Oh, what's, what's it's with actually a Chateau Saint-Jean. 2006. Uh, 2006 Cabernet Sauvignon. And that's... Uh, my two favorite um, Napa Valley wineries are... Oh, geez. Another Aussie. My, my two favorite uh, Napa Valley wineries are... Sebastiani and Chateau Saint Jean, or as my friend Rich in New Jersey says, Chateau Saint Jean. <laughs> well, if you're going to say Chateau the right way, why not say Jean? <laughs> Chateau Marmoset. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. It's a lot like my favorite vehicle, Adobe. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and my favorite breakfast cereal, donuts. <laughs> colon blow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or super colon Or blow. donuts. Little chocolate donuts. Remember that? John oh, Belushi? Yeah, he's smoking a cigarette. Yeah, I, you know, I got a, I did a lot of training to get into the Olympics, and over the time, I ate, ate a lot of donuts. They show him running, and he like gets to the, the finish line, and he has himself a little to- chocolate donut. This is an old SNL, oh. John when John Belushi was alive reference for <laughs> well, those. Uh, yeah, it would have been weird if he was doing this get dead. You know, though, it's the kind of thing he'd do. Because <laughs> that's how he rolled. That's the way he rolled. With little chocolate donuts. That's right. Hey, you know what? This is our I, second show in as many shows. I don't know what that means, but this is our, our second show back without Ray Bach. Well, it's true. And I'm, I'm a little happy about that. <laughs> You're missing some of the Bach action. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> He'll be back. He'll be back. I'll be Bach. <laughs> he will be. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be back. Yeah, so what's, undecided. So what's new since the last time we spoke? Well, actually, this is old news, but I wanted to talk about it a little bit. The uh, Tour of California, which is actually turning into a real bike race. You know, it's, it, this was its fourth year. It takes place in February, and it's it's in the winter months, you know, but it's California. Normally, they have good weather, but this year they had a lot of cold rain in the northern uh, California area, you know. Uh, they had to break out their snow tires? No, but they broke out some, some cold weather gear because it was like 40 and raining in some of the days. Crampons? That, that can't be fun, you know. Wouldn't it be funny, like cycling with crampons? It would be fun, yeah. But this is turning into Oxygen like a masks. real race, you know. When I first started sort of paying attention to the Tour of California, it was sort of a new race and not a lot of heavy hitters were going. You know, the American teams would go. The American teams that aren't allowed in the Tour de France, you know, those kind of teams, right. lower echelon teams. But dopers. now, uh, I don't know. There may have been some dopers there. Uh, well, you know, I'm, may they I'm never sure ride I, again. I'd bet that there were. 
There may have been one or two. But anyway, Team Astana, Levi Leipheimer won for the third year in a row. But the field this year was like a European Grand Tour field. I mean, they had Carlos Sastre there. Let's see. What did he do last year? Oh, yeah. He won the Tour de France last year. And um, Lance Armstrong, of course, race, seven-time Tour de France winner. The Schleck brothers were there. Fabian Conchalara. <laughs> Are the Schleck brothers one of those uh, juggling troops? They, they, they're very much like that, except it's on bikes. Oh. And not unicycles. Cramp bicycles. Too, sure. yeah. And uh, Fabian Conchalara was there, former you know time trial champion of the world. Fabian. This is a real Fabian. This is a real international field of great riders, and you know this this is turning into like quite the event. It's not just some fluff race that's early on the calendar. It's I mean, not the is, uh, what was that that race? The uh, what was that? Oh, in uh, American Flyer, what was that race? Oh. What was the name of that race? It was like in the in the desert. Well, no, the, to- the it was the the hell, the hell of the West. Hell of the West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like the fact that the Russian guys had beards and they had right. hammers and sickles on their red jerseys, <laughs> full hairy legs. And what was the name of the one rider, the the lead Russian? Um, Oh, I just remember one of the Americans who was ahead of him in general Andre Karpinkov or something well, stupid like that. I just remember one of the Americans who was ahead of him in, in like by three seconds in general classification. He would ride behind him and he would taunt the rush and he would say, I'm behind you, Nabokov, but I'm two seconds ahead. You know, <laughs> right. he would just like taunt him and Nabokov. whatever his name was. I don't know. Uh, no, I'm behind your red ass is what he would say, yeah. but I'm two seconds ahead. Eddie Merckx made a cameo in that film. Did he? Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he did the starting gone, you know, like the beginning of the hell of the West race. You know, you know who else made a cameo in that? Uh, Kevin Costner. He made a huge cameo. Yeah, he was the star. Right. Very young Kevin Costner. And who played his brother? I don't remember. I don't either. But his brother was the better the better cyclist. Kevin Costner died. Did he not? No, he didn't die. He had uh, some, some weird genetic yeah, disease. stroke or something when he was riding. But anyway, um, Levi Leipheimer won the Tour of California, real bike race. And second was another USA guy, David Zabriskie from uh, Garmin Slipstream. And Zabriskie, look for him in the Tour. He's going to do well in the European uh, the big races this year. Uh, Mick Rogers from Australia, Columbia High Road, another American team that's got some real horsepower on it this year. Came now, in third. Does the Lance Garmin Armstrong? Team? Lance Armstrong, seventh. Not bad for a guy who's been off the bike for three years. He was only a minute and 36 seconds off the pace, came in seventh. You know why he's doing so well? Uh, I don't know. Say it. He's a good rider. Yeah, well, he is a good rider. You know, a lot of people say I'm on something. Remember those commercials? And then the punchline was, you know what I'm on? I'm on my bike eight hours a day. That was the (laughs) punchline. I thought he was going to say, I'm on EPO. <laughs> well, he was when he was, you know, <laughs> right. getting chemo, chemo boy. But anyway, yeah, so look for Lance. Their next big race is the Giro d'Italia, which I believe roughly translates to dueling toolboxes in Italian. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I think it's the Tour of Italy. <laughs> yes. No, I used to go out to bars with friends years ago, and my friends always used to like to drink Dos Equis. And, of course, I know what that means, but I, that my joke was, what does that roughly translate to dueling toolboxes? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. It wasn't funny. Two then. horses. It's not really that funny now. It's, it was never funny, never will be funny. But anyway, yeah, so the Giro starts in uh, May. It's the Gyro d'Italia. The, the Gyro d'Italia. Isn't that a type of pasta? Uh, it is, yes. It's, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I suspect they're eating a lot of that, though. And yeah. uh, it's going to be a good race. Lance is uh, looking to win the Giro. 
he still needs to train. He's a little bit – he's not where he needs to be because in one of the climbs this year, he got dropped. I mean, you know, everybody on Astana got dropped on this one epic climb except Leipheimer. Leipheimer defended well even though he was alone. You know why he's doing so poorly then? Lance? Yeah. I, I don't. He's spending way too much time testifying in front of Congress. Well, I don't know. But, you know, he's riding his bike for free this year for cancer awareness. I mean, you know, how cool is that? You know, I mean, say what you want about Lance. Who knows? Did he dope? Didn't he dope? Who the hell knows? He's riding his bike for, obviously, he doesn't need the money. But nonetheless, he's taking no salary from Team Astana this year. and And he's riding his bike for cancer awareness this year. He's high on life. And I have a friend who was just diagnosed with cancer in the past few weeks and has surgery uh, actually next Tuesday. So hopefully Lance will ride hard and uh, we'll beat this cancer thing. Cool. You know what? I think it's time for a tune. You got a tune? And we have to like prepare people for this one. (laughs) This one is is an epic prog rock anthem that's never been heard before. I don't have permission to play it, but I don't care. I don't think my friend Tim is going to come after me. So... uh, it may not even be copyrighted for anyone. Yeah, to I don't know you. if they copyrighted or not. Let's check it out.
Wow. <laughs> Still there? That is a prog rock anthem right there, written by my friend Tim Gillis, and uh, that is a song called Berserker, which is appropriately titled, I think. And uh, it was recorded by a band that was originally called Black Sun and then later changed their name to No Original Members. Never released. I am one of the few people in the world who have a copy of this. Probably, certainly less than 10. I don't even think everybody in the band has a copy of this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But I uh, I helped produce that. I was in the studio for that. My guitar was actually being played in that track and my amplifier. And, uh, yeah. Um, you know, not not a multi-track recording, just everybody playing live right to a two-track analog quarter-inch tape machine. What year was that? 1985, actually. It was recorded at a studio uh, which is now closed. It's called UCA Recording. I know I've mentioned Bob Y before on the show and the, the engineer who owned that. It was literally a five-minute walk from my house, and um, these guys laid down about 10, 10, 10 tracks, and that was track number 10. Cool. And uh, it's just something that's just not heard anymore. So anyway, yeah, no original members, busting out Berserker, and, uh, you know, kind of wild. I think I'm going to have to do a little mastering on that. It's a little low-end heavy. but wild, uh, wacky I'll, uh, You won't know that. It will be fixed when you hear it, and now this uh, will be after the, uh, after the event. So you may but, as well uh, edit that whole sentence out. No, I'm going to leave it in there just so they know I did something new. <laughs> it's a little, like, I don't know, I'd say it's a little 200 hertz heavy down to maybe 60 hertz. I'm going to notch it out a little bit you know when i uh, notch it i'm gonna notch it in final is that what they call it notching notch yeah that's an eq notch it's not like noshing is it no it's not nor is it like gnashing or moshing it's notching i don't know anyways hey yeah you you this is all you man this is your topic well you said you had stuff to say i i don't know now that i'm thinking about it i'm not sure that i do but you know you'll you'll get me going i'm sure something will inspire me here well maybe i'll start with last week or no not last week Several weeks ago, when we had the uh, uh, Pet Peeves show, yeah, a couple, couple, two or three, I don't even know. Yeah, we were talking with Ray Bach. Yeah, with Ray. With that's right, he was there. He was. Yeah. We were just kind of rolling about all these different pet peeves, and and mm-hmm. when you initially and were, you and I were talking about this whole thing, it it kind of reminded me of of something that that continually irks me, and I thought maybe we could just kind of continuously riff on this. or continually. Well, continually, not continuously. Okay. If it continuously, then it would never stop, right? Yeah. Repeatedly irks me. Okay. It's further or farther. Further is a conceptual thing. Farther is a physical distance thing. Yeah. Lay or lie? Uh, <laughs> you lie all the time. <laughs> you know, I, I was uh, once asked by a non-English, a non-native English speaker who was uh, studying English to, to explain the rules of when you use the word, the, the, well, in the infinitive, when, to say and to tell. And I started thinking about the difference between to say and to tell, and there's really not that much of a difference. A native English, a native speaker would know when to use which one, but they're almost interchangeable. But to a native speaker, they're going to sound a little odd depending on which one you use. But you know, to a, a person who's learning English, well, the, the whole lay and lie thing is one is what you do to something, and one is what you do yourself. That's right. Yeah. And further, like I said, it's the conceptual. Farther is a real distance. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, anyways, the 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 pet peeve that I thought. What are you going to tell me? Or are you going to say it to me? What's the difference? I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna dictate to you my pet oh, peeve. Oh, again. There you go. <laughs> well, and and this isn't just a pet peeve that's that's uh, like a slight annoyance. This is one of those things that it's a giant annoyance. It's it's a it's a substantive thing. If William Shakespeare were here, he would not be able to put into words the annoyance that John feels. I wouldn't even say it's an annoyance. He wouldn't even quantify it. 
I would say farther. That this is one of those things that that causes my the hair in the back of my neck to to not just stand up on end, but to stand up, twist around, and go back in. So it's like ingrown hairs in the back of my neck. Wow. Oof. And it, I think it's a substantive thing. And we all know how painful that can be. Because it demonstrates a, a, a lack of, of understanding within the concept of this conversation. And you know what it is? It's when someone argues minutia instead of uh, addressing the main points of an argument. And that's it. That's all it is. I mean, in a nutshell, that's what it is. You got nothing on this? I, I thought you might have an example, maybe. Well, an, an example. Okay, you're discussing, let's say, politics with someone, and you're, and you're saying that I believe that that people should have universal health care. For an example, and and because and the reason being that I think that they should have universal health care because everyone is intrinsically of value, and every single person should be covered, and yada yada yada. You know, it's one of those those high level things that you just throw out there because you personally believe this. And then someone might argue, well, we can't do it because of, you know, the paperwork that's involved. And they're going to argue that point. Or because, you know, people have lied before. You can't do that because, you know, people lie. So you can't you can't waste money on a tiny little program like that. Or I have an example. One little person lied on a form and, and they got health care for free when they shouldn't have. Instead of saying, well, let's argue, should everyone have health care or should they not have health care? Help me out here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rich is, you know what one of my huge pet peeves is? <laughs> Indecision, indecisiveness, there you go. something like that? Yeah, or noncommittal or, or participation, non-participation. Well, yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I was afraid I might not have a lot uh, for this. You know, and I, I've been accused of arguing semantics, you know, in the, in the bigger picture. Although I did meet someone who argues semantics more than me the other day. and um, I, You guys just got into this endless loop and you've, you've not stopped No, since. I ran in the other direction screaming, <laughs> gouging my eyes out for fear of my it life. It was and like looking in the mirror. and just It, it wasn't it. like looking in the mirror at all, actually. That's what scared me. If it was like looking in the mirror, I would have been, you know, mesmerized. And this isn't, this isn't even arguing, arguing semantics. I mean, this is – it would be one thing – for someone to just argue semantics, but this is just missing the point entirely. And and that's, you know, it's a frustrating thing because it's almost like you're having a conversation with a different person. Well, I, I mean, the most recent experience I can, I can offer is I was asked to be on the board of a local music and arts festival, the board of directors, and it's a volunteer position. And I went to two of the meetings and my biggest fear was that it would be boring, right? Because first of all, you know, I don't want to be bored, and by that I don't mean <laughs> you're on the board. I don't want to be bored on the board, but uh, well, but what I mean is this: I mean, it's not like I, I want the cool job. It's like you know, I don't want to be the executive director. You want of, to be sergeant at arms? Yeah, I don't want any title. I don't care about that. I want something that fulfills me enough so that I want to keep doing the job. That's my only point, right? And anyway, I went to two of the meetings, and the first meeting reminded me of a sales meeting from my last job. And, of course, the example I gave was at least at my last job I was being paid to be at the sales <laughs> right. meetings, gouging my hair out and poking my eyes out with rusty knives. And, you know, because people were arguing things that were irrelevant to the point. And the funny thing is they thought they were on point, <laughs> except they weren't. You know, everybody else there was rolling their eyes going, um, Bob, not his name, Bob, um, that's details. We're not talking about details right now. And more importantly, that has nothing to do with anything that we're talking about. And I just kept rolling my eyes. And I went back to a second meeting and I was just like, 
nah, this isn't really working for me, you know? But yeah, I mean, there are people arguing things that aren't even on the table at that point, but they think they are. I mean, it would be one thing if, okay, I know it's not on the table, come when we discuss it, right? But that's not what was going on. They thought they were arguing relevant points to exactly what everybody else was talking about at the meeting, except they were like missing by miles, well, maybe, kilometers even. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to explore why this this whole thing kind of bothers me and that it's almost like someone doesn't want to address the big point or the or the the or it, it's almost like they don't understand the larger point or they don't agree with the larger point and since they can't address that directly they decide to snipe at all the different little minutia little little details uh, it, it's like okay we're we're going on a trip I and mean, this isn't this isn't something that actually happened to me but i'm just saying let's we're going to go on a trip and you and i are sitting around saying where do you want to go well i want to i want to drive out west cuz i think driving out west would be a great thing you're like well maybe we should go through texas well, okay, fine. Well, when we get there, we have to make sure that we have enough gas. Well, okay, but but when we get there, we have to make sure that, that we go to this one specific place. And, and I don't want to go to this place because, you know, th- I've been to that place before and, and I don't want to repeat that trip. And you know what? I don't think we should go through Texas anymore because – and it's not even addressing the big picture and because they can't, they can't fight the big picture. They don't have any opinion on the big picture. You just want to participate in some way. And I think that's what happens maybe in these, these large committees – of people who are volunteers is they, they just want to participate. And even if the participation is being a, the contrarian, they, they feel like they're in, they're getting involved, but they're not. Is that what was happening? Something like that. I mean, you know, again, all I know is it just reminded me of the, the, the painfully awful sales meetings at my last job. But again, being paid to be at those. <laughs> well, I mean, if even if you're not getting paid to do something, is there some sort of fulfillment in that that group dynamic? Or there can you, be certainly. Do you, yeah. do you feel like you're? Well, it, let's say in this uh, in this committee that you're on, maybe the payment. I'm not on, <laughs> or not on, or we're possibly thinking of being on. Possibly the, still might, but they need to come to me. And, this know. this whole the payment might be the the sense of fulfillment in getting this job done and, and getting this event off the ground. Do you think that would be worth dealing with the horrible committees and arguing about arguing? I don't know. I I, I think the big picture is cool. It's a cool festival. I mean, we're talking about 200 bands over four days in 12 different venues. I mean, this is a festival. I mean, this isn't just some small thing where four bands come in and, you know, two of them are polka bands and two of them whatever. You know what I'm saying. This is a real festival where people from 14 or 16 different states and four countries came to last year. The hotels in the area were booked up straight for three days, 100% bookings. That's cool. And they're doing it even bigger this year. So it's something I really want to be involved in. I mean, it's music. It's it's It appeals to me. But I, I don't want to them to I, I want to be involved in a way first of all that doesn't bore me because once I'm bored I won't want to do the job anymore and that's not good for me or them you know I want to have and again I'm not saying I want to be the executive director and I want to have the coolest title and the best job but I want a job that'll make me want to keep doing my job and they were really weren't it wasn't happening for me at the first two meetings and, and I didn't go to the last meeting and nobody contacted me nobody missed me so you know well do you think maybe that not everything has to be exciting Maybe you think that you it doesn't have to be with, exciting. Do you think that there can be lots of boredom, but there's still some fulfillment in the end? I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, I I just didn't enjoy the experience. The two meetings I was was in were so unenjoyable 
that I, I got nothing out of it. I got a stress headache at the end of the second one, actually, because after two and a half hours, I, I skipped dinner thinking the meeting would only be an hour, hour and a half, two hours, except, you know, go two, two and a half hours. My stomach's growling. I'm getting a stress headache because, you know, I didn't just want to leave the meeting and be rude, but I was dying to get the hell out of there. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping I can uh, participate in some way that fulfills me. But, you know, this festival is many, many months down the road, like seven months down the road, and I'm just looking for something in in a way that um, just appeals to me in in some small way because what I witnessed at those meetings appealed to me in no way at all. You didn't give it a chance. Five hours of meetings? I think I gave it a small chance. No, you got to give it at least 50 hours. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah, by then. Once you're physically bleeding from the ears, then you know you've given it your chance. I was, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, there was a rectal bleed after the second one. I don't know. There may have been. He woke up in the forest somewhere. Oh, I was naked, shivering. <laughs> it was just very strange. Oh, jeez. This is taking a wrong turn. Well, what else do you have for the, the pet peeves? No, I mean, and, and I didn't have uh, a ton with that, but it, it just it seems like I did have something contribute to this too, contribute to this, but I'm not remembering. You know, I'm having it's, no. It's I'm, the alcohol. I'm, something. I'm, I'm sure that, that people have experienced this, and I think that, that they should you know keep an eye out for it. And, and I don't know what the cause of it is. I don't know what the solution is. Maybe other than a, you know brick to the forehead, but I'm I'm thinking that that. You know, a lot of people need to just step back and forget about the minutia. And An think ice about, pick to the forehead. And, <laughs> ice, that's right. Oh, and by the way, that last song that we played, Berserker, Yeah. Uh, 10 point bonus for anybody out there who can tell us the time signature. Anyway. <laughs> well, I think the odds of that are slim. But I'm. Two people in the world who have the CDs who know that. <laughs> I'm one of them. I, I'm just saying, you know, when you're when you're having any kind of meaningful discussion with someone, try not to just delve too deeply into the, the minutia. Think about the big bigger themes, because that's the important thing. Because you know, unless you're working on a committee for the arts, it's, you're not going to solve the little problems. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's all. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You know what? I think we should do some dancing. Yeah. You want to jump into that already? Yeah. Why not? It's going to be a short show. Yeah. Why not? I thought you had more. No, I don't have any more. You hear that all the time from the ladies, too, don't you? <laughs> and, oh, there's, and there is the bell. We should ring the bell every time the frat boy the comes frat out. Bo- yeah, we'll have to get a sound effect, the frat Bing, boy sound frat effect. Boy. Ba-dum-bum. You know, there's some website, by the way, that no. somebody emailed me that's rim shot when you need one. You just go there, and it plays a rim shot. So, like, we should, like, bookmark that. We should get some sort of, like, drunk girl saying something at a frat party, and then that would indicate that the frat boy has come out. <laughs> Wow, what would that be? I don't know. Girls gone wild, going woohoo! <laughs> yeah, someone playing beer pong. Do we, What's do the we, sound of that? Um, boop. <laughs> I don't know. Just pong, pong. That's a, we should sample that pong. <laughs> that would indicate. Actually, I have that on a CD. Gentle Giant started out one of their songs. I'm having trouble remembering which one, but it, it had one of the early '70s. Boop. Pong kind of noises on the and the best part is they they just mic their television set and you can hear that screaming like 17k yep. super loud no you can't hear it anymore I know because I, I I know where your hearing is at based on other examples but it's like 16k and I can still hear it but you remember the loud noise the picture tubes used to make well you can actually hear that they managed to capture that too so Jeez. anyway uh, we got a track let's check it out this is a little different this is very different than the last song we played. Let's get this going. Oh, tears of joy. 
gonna say pray, hey, thought pray But I think it's time shall lead the way Oh, bless these eyes As they behold Every day, so I think a child shall lead the way Before wretched time starts creeping in Don't try to tell me that she's born with sin Her smile can teach this world how to love again And a child shall lead the way Well, I can't believe the news today I think it's time to shine Shall lead the way For Richard time Starts creeping in Don't try to tell me That we're born with sin If we can't teach this world How to love again Then shall lead stuff that is just screaming new orleans right there and who in god's name was that it was bro brother josephus and the love revival revolution orchestra yeah what was that one probably called? The, the funkiest best name of a band ever child shall lead a child shall lead that's up there with like lascivious bitty say that name again just it's let me hear that one more time josephus and the love revival revolution orchestra it needs like three or four more words in there and then it'd be perfect you know the the, the 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 band's name is so long it doesn't even fit in the field on our audio player that we play the music with it just says brother Josephus and the love. That, that's yeah. good enough. And it's brother, not good enough, though. Brother Josephus like has the love. Not with the Love Revolution Orchestra. <laughs> it's the Love Revolution Revival Orchestra. <laughs> oh, man. Or the Love Re- Revival Revolution. I like that stuff. I just I just wanted to get up and dance. I really did. And you did a little bit there. And I, and I, I was I into to, it. I had to avert my eyes. <laughs> avert your gaze. <laughs> Ye lad. Because if I didn't, I'd melt. My face would melt just like in the, you know, the Nazis. In the <laughs> just in the, the first uh, Raiders. Raiders film. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I saw a film at Munson, MWPA.org. And uh, it's actually a film that, um, you know, if you were to look at it, you wouldn't think it were uh, a film. It got the critical acclaim that it did, or at least one of the actors or actresses. But uh, Anne Hathaway was uh, nominated for an Academy Award in this film, Rachel Getting Married, Jonathan Demme film. Very good. You've she, heard of the she Anne, She was nominated? Right? I didn't know she was nominated. Yeah, she got nominated for this performance, oh. actually. Yeah. And uh, she did not win. That uh, went to the- who, who did win? That went to the Titanic chick. Oh. 
Was that a uh, the a reader. leading actress? The or? reader. Was that for the leading actress, or is that for the? I think it was the best actress, not best supporting best actress. Act, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. The, I forgot the categories already. Yeah, it was like Anne Hathaway, the chick from the Titanic. Uh, I don't remember. They should cut back on that. They should just make it best person in a movie. And my, that's it. My favorite line though is they're doing something different now in the Academy Awards. They used to have like to give away best actor, they would have last year's best actress give it away. That's right. Now they don't do that anymore. I don't know if you watched it. Now it's done by a robot. No, now it's done by five people. Like the, the, the for best actress, they had they take five actresses who have won best actress in the past and each one introduces one of the five nominees. And for example, um the the, the little cutie that you like there, what's her name? Um Amy Adams. Okay. Um, she was her performance in her film where she played the nun. Um, Doubt. Yeah, her performance was introduced by Whoopi Goldberg because Whoopi played a nun like in a prior film. So they they try to find a way a connection. You know, I'm serious. They really should have the Academy Award bot come out <laughs> for Best Actor. Right? You know, Sean Penn won, and he's a wonderful actor, and he's totally deserving. I was kind of hoping Frank Langella would win for for Nixon. I, I, oh, I thought you wanted him to win for playing. Uh, What's his name? The guy in He-Man, the Masters of the Universe. No, but I was rooting for him because he played Minister Jaro on Deep Space Nine on one of the Star Trek ah. series like 10 years ago. And uh, But he was also in that one movie, um, uh, Starting Out in the Evening or whatever it was. He played like this very curmudgeonly uh, per, uh, conservative college professor. I talked mm-hmm. about yep. it uh, on the show. And I, I think he's a wonderful actor and he, he's very underrated. And the guy from um, – uh, the Visitor, uh, whose name I can't remember, I ironically, uh, directed by the same director who did uh, The Station Agent, two wonderful films he did. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, the, the, one of my favorite parts of the performance of the awards was uh, Robert De Niro was one of the actors who was chosen to announce the, the five uh, people who were nominated for Best Actor, and he's good friends with Sean Sean Penn, so he introduced Sean Penn. Of course, oh, Sean he? Penn, uh, is, he played in Milk, the, the homosexual uh, um, uh, supervisor, county executive, or whatever. He was running for a local supervisor. office. Yeah, and uh, De Niro had a great line. He said, how is it you've managed to get cast as a straight man in any of your other roles or something like that? Or how is it <laughs> you've managed to pass yourself off as straight all these years or something like that? It was pretty funny. And then he punched him right in the mug. Right in the, right in the jaw, the right kisser. in the eye socket. Anyway... Um, Rachel getting married. Uh, interesting movie. Uh, Anne Hathaway does not play Rachel. A- Anne Hathaway plays Kim, Rachel's sister, and Rachel is getting married. And Kim, played by Anne Hathaway, gets out of rehab just in time to make it to the wedding. And they're in hilarious. lie the hijinks. And this film is about a, a completely dysfunctional family. You know, um, then it's a normal one. Yeah, dysfunctional family, of course, being redundant. Deborah Winger, have we seen her since Officer and a Gentleman playing the mom? I got no place else to go. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I just saw that on TV the other day, actually. It's a great <laughs> film, Officer and a Gentleman. But Deborah Winger as a young little hottie, but now she's playing an old little mom, very dysfunctional <laughs> mom. But, you know, this film is about family dynamics, right? I mean, we all have mm-hmm. families and they all have dynamics. <laughs> and, um, their family is not unlike any of ours. You know, we've all had brothers that we've had issues with. I mean, I think you and I can definitely right. uh, speak to that. We won't name names. But, of course, this film is about sisters having and issues. having issues. And uh, it's just – it's wonderful. It's, I mean, it's very real life, you know. The thing that I found most unbelievable about the film was that the wedding itself was this bizarre um, – speaking of New Orleans, it was this bizarre sort of – 
a Mardi Gras wedding. I mean, people were showing up in costumes with masks. Did and they have floats? Know, belly dancers. They almost had floats. I mean, I don't know where any wedding happens People throwing like beads this. at each other? It, they did. And I don't know where weddings like this happen, but I'd love to go to one because it looks like a lot of fun. I mean, it, it, this by no means was a traditional ceremony at all, but it looked like so much fun to attend uh, such a wedding. And it was it was great. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, the Kim character played by Anna Hathaway realized she wasn't ready yet. You know, she had just gotten out of rehab, but she wasn't quite ready to deal with the world yet. But a lot of nuance, a lot of subtlety to the performance by Anne. You know, she was very vulnerable. She really she's really talented, actually. I mean, you know, she's not just a pretty face. I think she was best in The Princess Diaries. I haven't seen that. She was great in The Princess Bride. Well, <laughs> she was not in that. Oh, but the, but the the woman who played the Princess Buttercup was sitting in the crowd when Sean Penn Robin won, Wright. won his award. Slash Penn. That's right. Yeah, Robin Wright Penn. Wow. Everything comes full circle. It, it's amazing. It's sort of like that six degrees of separation thing, you know? You can, you know. You know what else they should do with the, the, the Academy Awards? They should launch actors out of a cannon. <laughs> And I'm serious. They really should just – they should say – Not flat-footed people, though. No. They they seriously should say, forget it. We're not going to have these categories. It's just going to be best actor in a performance done by human beings because we've we've discussed this before where, you know, sometimes you have an actor who's just a tiny little role and they're the ones who shine in the film. Right. Yeah. These these small roles like Bronson Pinchot. Wasn't he uh, mm-hmm. Serge in yep. Beverly Hills Cop? You know, yeah. there are no small was, roles and we're only small actors. I don't know if that was Academy Award caliber, but you definitely. No, but it was it was unforgettable. Yeah. Certainly. Yep, you know? definitely. Well, the the great thing about the 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 films that they they clearly use Academy Award nominations for fodder when they're choosing films like upcoming films at Munson because mm-hmm. I'm going to read to you the list of the the four out of the five or whatever upcoming films: Milk, The Reader, Last Chance Harvey. Not sure. Waltz with Bashir was one of the uh, nominees for best foreign film, mm-hmm. and uh, so the next four out of five weeks are going to be strong at the the film series that I'm going to. And I, I mean, the one film I thought they would have gotten by now, which they didn't get, was of course the big winner that night, Slumdog, Slumdog Millionaire. And they, I'm surprised they haven't shown that at Munson yet. So I, I may want to know what happened this year. That. Something what? that hasn't happened in in a lot of years. What's that? Probably since, late. Probably since I was a tiny little baby. <laughs> What's that? Um, the Academy Awards this year, I have not seen any of the Best Picture nominees. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any of them. Well, okay, there was Milk, there was The Reader, there was Slumdog. Nope, none of them. Yeah, I don't know that I've seen any of the Best Picture. What was the other one? Uh, There were two more. There's usually four or five. There's five, yeah, there were five. And why the hell was Ron Howard there? Well, what did he direct? I don't know. He directed something that was big this Apollo year. Apollo 13. Yes, yes. He came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still um, circling the moon. Ron Howard directed, you know, his little spiky-haired producer, Ryan Grazer, was there in the audience. Here's the amazing thing, by the way. We, You you and I are both from an area kind of known as Utica, New York. Kind there was a, a woman it's, in the uh, crowd. In some circles it's called Utica. Uh, yeah, there was a woman in the crowd from Utica, New York, who uh, produced a, a little film this right, year. right. 
And my friend Matt is cousins with Donna Gelati, who's become this huge Hollywood producer. She actually accepted the Academy Award for Shakespeare in Love in 1998, I think it was. And she was the producer of um, The Reader as well. So she was in the audience. Her name was announced when they were announcing Best Picture. And she's like this local girl, made it big in Hollywood. Her first credit was Raging Bull. She used to work for Scorsese. And she got her first credit on Raging Bull. But I mean, to me, that blows my mind. You know, this girl from Utica, New York is like this, you know, millionaire freaking. Hollywood producer mingling with all these huge stars. Well, I mean, Utica, New York has produced a lot of stars. I mean, you, you got Annette Funicello. Yes. And this other person you're talking about, this producer. <laughs> yeah. It's well, like a, it's an amazingly it's, long list. It's probably not just that. I mean, if I thought about it, I'm sure I could think of a few more. Uh, but, um, that's it. Nope. That's it, too. What was that singer? If I would die, I'd pick you up and Benny take Mardonis. you. Benny Mardonis. I huge. I don't think huge. he's from Utica. Uh, yeah, but why does he get the local credit? Uh, because that's where he still plays. <laughs> oh, okay. That's where they allow him to play. Right. And he plays that same song. Over and He's over. Like, and he, he plays the ballad version. He plays the acoustic version. He does it unplugged. He does unplugged. He does an entire set with yeah. just that song. And he does the Latin, does the samba version. He's kind of... <laughs> and then he does the techno version. He comes out in a black shirt. <laughs> yes. Disco ball comes out. Anyway. Spoken um, word version. Rachel getting married, strong. Oh, and one little uh, tidbit about the film. Her father was played by Bill Irwin, who's an actor that most of you probably don't know. He's not the NASCAR driver. And probably haven't heard of. But he had a very small role on one of my favorite TV shows, Northern Exposure, years ago. He showed up in two episodes, but his, again... Memorable performance. He played this bizarre character named Enrico Bellotti, the Flying Man, and his performance was so unforgettable. I was like, "Oh wow, there's Bill Irwin, the Flying and why Man." Why is he the Flying Man? Because he could fly. Oh, I thought it was because they launched him out of cannons, like they <laughs> should with all actors. That's right. No. Anyway, hey, you know what? I don't know. What do you got? What does this button do? Here? I don't know. Ow! Oh, sorry, it hurts my ears, man. Chill out. Or I'm, gonna, or I'm gonna flex the golden pipes. Chazil with the bazutton. <laughs> anyway, this is Rich Wilgus and John Tallarico. You've been listening to another substandard yet fine episode of Bloodthirsty Vegetarian. But you get what you pay for. That's right. Check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. Please send us the emails that you haven't been sending. Yeah. Feedback at bloodyveg.com. Anybody, especially an Australian, please let us desperate. know what's going on. We really are. And uh email feedback did you do the feedback yeah i just said that what are you deaf i don't know anyway you've been listening to the vib and i we got any more no that's it is that it that's it we're done all right check you later